0: Hi, I'm Jonathan Mann.
1: I'm one of the many Mats.
0: And this is Digitally Rare, a show about digitally owned things now and where the AI is mixing and mattering. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Digitally Rare. Digitally Rare. We are, as always, incredibly thrilled. To have a true NFT OG on the pod comes from the the depths of crypto NFT history back where it all began. Kai Ghani, he of uh many, many different things, fame. Kai, welcome to the podcast. We're so happy to have you here. It's been, we should have had you on here a long time ago, I feel like.
2: Oh yeah, I mean it's it's great to great to be here, you know. Once I I discovered, <laughs> I was saying I discovered your, your podcast pretty yeah, late, yeah. considering I knew you knew you for a while, but um, but I've been listening to it since, and I, I really like that. Uh, you know, you guys are are not just about the the wag me, you know, <laughs> surface <laughs> understanding of things that you really get to some uh, interesting issues and interesting people on. So yeah, great to be oh. here.
0: I think, yeah, I appreciate that. It's like, I, um, I have listened now to like a a couple different other NFT podcasts and I do feel like, not that there's anything wrong with, with this, but like a lot of them are very like, let's get the news of the week on like what's trending and like, Mm. you know, this kind of thing of, of NFTs and floor prices and things. And Um, our
1: secret is we just don't pay attention at all. (laughs) Right.
0: <laughs> so i i love to start here with you kai because you you i think came onto pretty much everybody's radar when you cracked the uh the kitty's code did you no. know this matt about kai that kai was the one that cracked no.
1: the dna i did not know code. that that is extremely cool wow
2: yeah yeah yeah, I mean that was that was uh so yeah, and you're you're I guess you you are one of the few that, you know, usually that's that's ancient history to folks, so it's nice to, yeah. to Oh no, to folks yeah. That it was like
0: current current events. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that was that was just and that's how I discovered NFTs as well. And really it was coming out of well, going back further, I was sadly, embarrassingly late to Ethereum because I actually knew uh Vinay Gupta, who was leading the marketing launch of Ethereum and, and we, we would talk about it and you would tell me about, you know, this distributed computing system that I was like, okay, that sounds, that sounds okay. I don't, I don't see why that's better than Google cloud, but sure. <laughs> didn't, didn't mention that I could get a token and didn't, didn't mention that the token would be worth anything. So in 2017, uh, and I've, I've been living in Britain and the UK for, um, like 17 years. So, so I came back from Britain in, in 2017 and started working at Sony. And there I had a friend who started telling me, he's like, uh, he's like, oh, wow, Ethereum's up to $100. And I'm like, what is, what is, I was like, Ethereum is money? <laughs> what is that? Like? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wait a minute, a blast from the past.
0: <laughs> I thought it was a just a distributed computing yeah, system. I wasn't oh, saying no anything idea. about money. Oh,
2: uh, I had no idea. Like Bitcoin yeah. as well, just sort of went, you know, I remember you could get in in London, you can get Bitcoin from uh, these these. ATM machines you could just like right. get a little bit of Bitcoin and I just thought I, I just didn't understand it I didn't understand that you it would have a value outside of like the the Network of geeks that are using it. So I was like, yeah, yeah, that's sort of cool, but not my thing So yeah, so once I heard about Ethereum, I did a deep dive Got heavy into like trading altcoins and and you know Everyone talks about how you speed run the understanding of markets <laughs> and economy and, and you know I did that went down that rabbit hole I was writing my own like Arbitrage bots and trying to do arbitrage on Poloniex and <laughs> and doing all this stuff and and you know it was working great until the market had a dip and then all of a sudden everything goes wrong and <laughs> you're <Yeah>. like oh <laughs> works when it's going up friend but yeah so CryptoKitties came around I was I was in all the Reddit forums and uh, I actually had a, had the flu and I was home from work and saw the announcement of CryptoKitties I think it was at East Denver or, or wherever they they launched mm-hmm. yeah. and I kind of got it. Do you remember that when they, I, I don't I, know if they'll there. I'm like pulling Maybe it from ethereal? the dredges of my memory. Was it ethereal? Yeah, it might've been ethereal.
1: Ethereal Summit, something like but that. But it could have been ETH Denver, you're right. Yeah.
2: I don't I don't remember exactly, but yeah, they had, they just launched and I was reading about it and, and I had worked in kind of an innovation group out of Moo, the, the print cards folks. Oh, um, yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Right. And
2: uh, there, uh, my my project was to put NFC chips in in uh-huh. cards, and I, uh-huh. I kind of led that product launch. And so I was already thinking about like, what do tokenized digital experiences mean? And I was running through all these use cases and pitching all these ways in which you could tap this card on your phone and unlock something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I saw NFTs, I was like, oh, that that makes perfect sense, and it's a lot less clumsy than having to you know tap a card on your phone. It's just native to to everything digitally. Mm so i kind of got it right away and mm. kind of got into crypto kitties i wasn't i didn't do that much like i traded in the in the very first i got like a hundred and bred a hundred cats or so and <laughs> and then decided i was like well maybe the first you know the early hundred will be really valuable <laughs> yeah, yeah. It <laughs> could be there. still. I don't
1: know. I think some days we'll friends, <laughs>
2: <will> smile <laughs> <Yeah>. upon <laughs> <laughs> given enough time. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're waiting, waiting for the revival of like the, the 2017 exactly. cats. But other than that, right. they're pretty, you know, valueless and, and yeah. uh, <laughs> don't have any distinction. But, is, but this is yeah. So a, yeah. Go ahead. I'll, I'll bring this up. I was up. just going to say I, I dug into it. And, and so I was more interested in like how they did it and, yeah. and how they did the breeding and because I had the flu, I just like went into this fugue state of, of trying to figure it out. And and it ended up turning out, I mean, I did the deep dive and then it t- took a couple of weeks and I was talking to the community about what they were finding. And then eventually going way back, I have a computer science degree. So, so I think i thought about it in terms of the bit representation. And this mm-hmm. actually is a theme that comes up as I do artwork as well. But I was interested in just like how they did it. You know, and because I broke it down into the kind of Binary strings. I was able to see the eventually see the pattern and, and work mm-hmm. out how they were doing it, and they were doing something wow. that was unconventional in terms of how you would like normally break bits into bytes and such. So, so I picked up on what they were doing, and yeah, and then published it, and and kind of forgot about it. And then I didn't realize that you know the whole a lot of the the people who I'd gone to become friends with, who are big traders in the spaces like Jimmy and Pranksy and Carlini and Nate Alex and all these folks. They kind of picked up on that as the text that helped them go forward and breed and, and you know, make eventually, I guess, make some, make some money off of it when they got deep into into breeding and trading. But yeah, it kind of wasn't on my mind for a while. But yeah, I'll, I'll sort of stop at that chapter. because no, that, yeah, no,
0: that's such a fascinating... It's, it sounds like you like... When you describe it like that, it sounds like you like literally could see the matrix. You were like right. seeing <laughs> the, the actual bits and bytes. Yeah, well, you
2: gotta you gotta look at. I mean, I published. That's all on my Medium post. Like there, I published this whole thing that was. Um, I, I did like some kind of output I was doing. I can't even like I look back at it now, and I'm probably going to even know what I was thinking. But but <laughs> yeah. it, it kind of looks like that, where you see all these like the binary strings, and yeah. I'm like making the linking and the boxes them, the, and the lines. The, yeah, I remember yeah. reading
1: that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't understand it.
2: I, I did not
1: understand it at the time, but also I didn't have a vested interest in my cats. I just like <laughs> I <laughs> right, was right, exit right. liquidity. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> a side note on the NFC chips. Just like a, a total side note at ETH at uh, DevCon, which I was just at in Bogota. The the like the talk of the town was these cards. That was a collaboration between POAP and ENS. Huh. And you could sign up with ENS and get, and they would make you essentially a POAP of your ENS name and your ENS avatar. They would make you a POAP to give out that was preloaded onto mm. a card. And so you went and you like get and you scanned your little QR code that you signed up with. And they printed you a card right there with your face on it mm-hmm. and oh, put nice. your lanyard around. Everybody was going around like, scam me, me, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yes. And it was, I'll say this, like it was, it was really nice because totally. I hate having to make my own PO app mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and remembering to do that and getting the mm-hmm. codes and like loading it on, like oh, whatever. Yeah. This the, having that as a service felt really great and it felt really, and it was worked so seamlessly. It was very well done. They had a contest to see who could scan the most, who could get the most, who could scan yeah, other yeah. people's the most. It totally. wasn't, it wasn't you, it wasn't how many people scanned yours, it was how many people you could uh. scan. Number one, we're going to get a little controversial here, was Brantley from ENS. LOL. So, so he, he managed to get, I think, like 450 people. But number four was like the seven-year-old kid, Aww. this like little kid who was like wearing these little like ears and stuff, and he he like was just scanning everybody. He was like scan, scan, scan. <laughs> so anyway, as an aside, NFC chips like you were working on oh, yeah. what, oh, however totally. long ago, it's like it felt really great. Like mm-hmm. in that context, it was like absolutely perfect.
2: Yeah, and I'm I'm still obsessed with like the the physical, the digital, friends with the IYK. Mm-hmm. guys who are really yeah, clever they did it out. oh
0: yeah they were part of that too they they were yeah. they provided the the nfc chips yeah
2: yeah so like ryan oyang and those guys that, but but um but yeah so i'm still like tracking that pretty closely and all the art projects i've done i've usually done like a a physical claim or or analog that's of some right. sort oh that's um, right
0: i i remember but, the the um uh what were they called the, the 27 bytes. Bit, yeah
2: yeah the 27 bit digital and then yeah. um then i had like pixel glass which was Right. Meant to be, uh, that was a project where you could redeem the 27-bit. You could re- redeem it for the 27-bit digital as a glass-printed That's piece. That's right. And then, yeah. Um, yeah, and then I did like excess bits. I did, you know, more conventionally. I, I right. let people redeem for a. Um, I think I did it as a as a raffle where I let people redeem it for a full size, like one of those aluminum, what do they call it, geeklay prints cool so so yeah so i'm always looking for yeah. different ways to, to tie those two things together and to uh, bring
0: it to bring it together yeah. yeah
2: and i just got my my halloween crypto kaiju crypto kaiju so i'm always you know looking nice. for yes,
1: <laughs> <NFC>. <laughs> yes oh, so i remember cool. getting a crypto kaiju at some event maybe rare af i think it was and seeing the nfc in the little foot and i'm like
2: this is brilliant like this it's is great yeah right we tried to do a MeeBit with them, but uh, this was like full pandemic time and they ran out of mm-hmm. NFC chips. Oh, so that kind of uh, stalled. Oh, yeah, them. totally. Yeah. So that's a shame because they did a whole, like they, they they sculpted it. Uh, and it was pretty wow. cool. Yeah, I do. I do really
1: like the whole like NFC stuff. I feel like that's going to really bleed into the real world suddenly, like all at once because it's like the technology is there. The like you have the Kong chips that can sign the like proof of presence. Like it's all all coming together
2: yeah and i think people undervalue just the importance of uh you know having a a, a physical like i I mean part of this is you know me being an old man but it's like i miss you know being able to browse my dvd collection and you know you still want to have books i mean i think there's going to be there's going to be some way we we come back to that and Mm -hmm. and you know you have like a physical way of yeah interacting with things and then there's a you know maybe they're all they're also tokenized so they have a digital the footprint too Let's
0: go. JPEG's got you down buy a song a day today the floor price is low and the music will change your life Why? just listen to this testimonial
1: after buying a song a day nft my mastodon instance finally allows me to post nfts
0: wow visit songaday.co slash cheap that's songaday.co And get your very own sad NFT today. I'm curious, Kai, Mm -hmm. where what were you doing? Like where were you during the 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 winter? Like what like like so the stuff happened with CryptoKitties, you got Mm -hmm. interested. You know, Matt and I hung on for quite a while. Like we were all the way through, I would say, like Towards the end of 2019, mm-hmm. we were still pretty active. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of fell off the train up until late 2020. So I'm curious, like, where, you know, where your paths, where your, I know you you at some point started working for Netflix, but like with the, yeah, with the NFTs, were you tracking any of the stuff that was happening? I mean, there wasn't a ton of yeah. stuff, but there yeah. was things, yeah.
2: So I, I kind of was, was... Frustrated when the winter hit because I was I was still at Sony and I had been pitching a lot of projects. I, I applied for some patents uh, related to blockchain and, and NFT stuff, and just Sony being Sony, I just saw so much potential for things that they could do. Yeah. So I was just talking to everyone and trying to get that get you know folks excited about it. and Had a few really cool projects that were were gaining momentum, but then when the winter hit. They just lost everyone that was interested. It was just like, "Oh, crypto's dead." You know what yeah. are you talking about. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that was kind of frustrating. So I decided, right? I still believe in all this, but I'm just going to put that off to the side, carry on with with work until until this is mature enough so that that I can start talking about it again. But it'll still be like my hobby and my my side thing. So and I kind of did go dark a little bit because I also, you know, like everyone, well, like a lot of folks, I saw my portfolio. I mean, it went back to where it was, but I think it had gone five times in the in the interim. So yeah, <laughs> so that was a, a ride that I was like, I just don't want to look at this stuff, and and I, I really stopped trading crypto after that, just because it's so brutal,
0: demoralizing.
2: Yeah. yeah, and and it was, but I stayed in touch with some folks from uh, really Alan Alan Falcon, who's at Dapper now. I was talking to him a lot as he was joining, and, and we were talking about CryptoKitties and potentially as he, you know his interest in uh, joining Dapper through that. And I was talking, I had been talking to like. Dieter the the CTO at the time and
0: uh, so, don't forget cheese wizards cheese wizards
2: yeah so I was around for cheese wizards <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> barely yeah. but but I think before that what, what happened is my my staying in touch with Alan eventually I got to the point where I was for some reason I was just going off on the realization that art wasn't on chain And I was right. like what what happens to crypto Kitties when when the yeah. you know if the server goes down it was just yep. sort of I think I was ranting about it on Twitter and Alan was like he was like, You really need to talk to Jimmy. Uh he yeah. he's sort of oh, yeah, ranting and yeah. the same. I think you both are equally insane about this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he put us in touch and then through Jimmy I reconnected with all the kind of folks that have been hanging in through through you know, still trading CryptoKitties. So I sort of got yeah. re-engaged with that group. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Got back up with with like all the folks I mentioned before, Nate Alex, Where Kitty, uh Carlini, and folks like that who were just big into into trading. And, and what was fun about that time. And it was also, I think what got me back to my wallet was Clovers. Cause I right. thought yep. Clovers yep. was really cool we, what they were doing. We had,
0: we had him, we had Renekamp, uh on the pod back way back in the day.
2: To yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I love that. I mean, I think he probably took it in the direction. I mean, what, what was, there's was so sort of purity to it that, that, you know, yeah. it could have gone into something that was very, profit focus, but yeah. but he just was obsessed with like finding every combination of, yeah. <laughs> of a game combination, which was really cool. But I, I kind of saw it as like, oh wow, this is, you know, a different way to use NFTs to to almost I don't know, I like the back and forth between the ERC twenty and just that there was innovation going on. So that got me back into it. And then I sort of got into the whole experimental side of things that everyone was doing. So like Nate Alex was doing loads of stuff and yeah, there Nate was, Alex
0: did chain faces, right? Was that around yeah, the time yeah. he was doing chain faces? I yeah. think
2: that came a little later, but this was back yeah. in when people were doing like words and. Um, oh yeah. Alexo did math, so I got heavily involved in working with him. I was I was I was excited about math once we realized that if you got big enough numbers, you started to you could use them as to represent binary again, and you could use them to represent images. So so we realized that you could start drawing pictures out of the math. And then we developed something called RGB, where we used different numbers to re- represent the red channel, the green channel, and the blue channel. So I helped them like think through that, and that was a little project where um, everyone was doing the. Uh, you know, we were creating like these little bitmapped images, and I made like Mario and some other stuff. I didn't, I didn't try anything too artistic, but uh, what, the, like, what, Do you remember
0: like what year was this? Like where what what what?
2: Uh... This would have been 2018, 2019
0: Okay. I don't think and I don't it, think we I don't think I remember seeing this. So, so this is yeah, this was
2: new to me. Oh yeah, I mean that, that's uh, I mean so I I built this tool because I also figured out that if if I owned all of the um, what is it, the powers of two, that you could basically make it, you could easily sort of I don't I don't even remember how I did this again, but you could you could work out mm-hmm. how to draw. I made like a drawing tool for RGB, mm. and then the way the RGB was set up, if you own the number, you they the person minting it, you'd split. I think. ETH or something. So, so through that, I got people using the tool and made like this little handful of ETH. Yeah. But yeah, so that was all fun. Like I love that time because we were just, you know, no one was thinking about the money side of it, and we were just thinking about what can we do that's cool. How can we put stuff on chain? I started advising Jimmy as he was making Avastars, and you know, got into, and he spent so long on that. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, he's he's relatively chilled out about like how. How much he did because I think Avastars did so much that was ahead of you know even where PFPs are now because he spent so much time thinking through like how to make it good and how to do you know the scrolling process where it just revealed the the random generation as you're scrolling through it but yeah he he did so much with that with the scrolling with the putting the, the SVG on chain you know putting royalties and metadata on chain uh, it was just so well thought through that yeah i mean i think it definitely has its place in history and you sort of see cyber brokers as a as a spiritual successor and and things like that so i think people that are around that way have have incredible respect for avastars but uh but yes i I advised on that and and sort of got heavily involved in that community and that was sort of me getting more fully engaged in the space as i really got into the discord and and that was like like, that was like 2020 yeah, I think that was 2019 into 2020. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the, yeah we missed Avastars. Like, like, and, oh, and right. I, I I sort of regret this. That, you know, it's our I'm pretty sure our last episode before we went dark during the last part of 2019 into 2020 was Clovers. That was like our last right, episode, right, I'm yeah. pretty sure.
1: Yeah. We didn't so go dark. It, we went into stealth mode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so yeah, and so I but but you know I feel like had I had I known about avatars at the time, I feel like I would have been like really wanting you know would have been like let's have Jimmy on and talk and totally. talk about it because it's yeah, like such yeah. a cool and f- so forward thinking in that like recognizing that part of what made punks cool was that you could use it as an avatar like yeah. in re- it's in retrospect so obvious but it wasn't obvious at the time as right, you right. can see from CryptoKitties. Is mm-hmm. like, if CryptoKitties had taken the right lesson, they would have made them more Avatar-friendly, I yeah, feel like, yeah. you know? And, you know, Avatars didn't quite succeed for some reason on that front, mm-hmm. but he deserves all the credit in the world for recognizing, it's right there in the name, Avastars, like, yeah. for recognizing that that is, like, a feature that people are going to want.
2: And th- and that was sort of his, his thesis that he carried through into going heavily into Bored Apes, because he right. was... We would talk to him about different projects and he would be like, "Nah, I'm not into it. It Doesn't work as a as an avatar." And then, right. you know, he saw Bored Apes and and that was another sort of missed opportunity on my my part. I was cause I, I literally <laughs> saw I saw Bored Apes moving cuz I I mean, Bored Apes was like stagnant yeah. for a while.
0: For a while, yeah.
2: And then, yeah. then he, it was a yeah.
1: lame hash #max hash yeah. #mask <laughs> yeah. clone. Right, yeah, um, yeah. Like even their website is like, like if you compare it to the original hash map, it's like one-to-one they copied and pasted yeah. the code over still. Like if you go
2: look at the Providence yeah. page, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So yeah, so I saw, I mean, so Jimmy and Pranksy were talking about it and I saw that, um, that and I saw the artwork and I was like, yeah, there's something here. I feel like this is going to do well. But then I was like, but it hasn't minted all this time. I'll just go to, and it was late. It was like 11 o'clock. I was like, oh, I'll go to sleep. I'll get some in the morning. And of course uh-huh. I could have, <laughs> I could have, it was sold and minted out, but it, I could have gotten up and minted in the morning, but I was yeah. just so bitter about it. I was like, no, this is <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. totally, totally I mean, if you miss the,
1: the early thing, you're like, I can't middle yeah. curve this, you know, <laughs> no, mm. yeah. me jumping yeah. in now yeah. would just be way too late. Yeah. 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 I totally
2: understand. Totally understand. So that was, a, that was an interesting one, but, um, but yeah, there are other things to, to catch along the way.
0: Well, I don't know what else you want to talk about, but I would also love to touch on, on me bits now, because mm-hmm. that yeah. was a thing. And also maybe even just take a broader view of now the fact that Yuga owns MiBits and mm-hmm, how weird mm-hmm. that is as a thing. But yeah, if it, yeah. and it, like, like if you want to talk about like your, the genesis of mebits DAO and, and you know, yeah. w- where so that, that all stands.
2: So yeah, that's definitely the next sort of chapter, I guess, in, in, in the story is, uh, I was still at Netflix, but you know, this is the year, uh, what are we talking about? 20, God. 2021. It's it like the year this, I wanted to make it 2020. It doesn't seem like <laughs> yeah. so. No, I know.
0: I know. It's only last year still. Yeah. Yeah. It's like seems impossible <laughs> that it's,
2: yeah. yeah so so pull, pull up a chair, youngsters. I'll tell you about <laughs> 2021. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Exactly. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, 2021, I was still at Netflix, but the whole time. So that year went from, I was going to do a presentation at Netflix talking about NFTs and everything. And it went from and I had just done art blocks as well. So that was sort of a big Right. You know, I was in that first batch. So I was going to talk about that at Netflix, just where they they had this internal workshop called, you know, present your design side hustle sort of thing within the design group. And it went and that got pushed back. So in the time it got pushed back, I had to change my presentation from like, what are NFTs? to yeah. suddenly everyone was talking about NFTs. Like yeah, I, I yeah. could just take snippets from the news and people and everyone had heard about it in that, in those few months,
0: which I Uh, always say, which I always like to say, like anything else that happened last year, all the bad things that happened last year, like whatever else you can say about last year, which you can say a lot, at least we got that. That's something I always say. It's like, at least we got, we don't have to start from the beginning anymore. Like everybody at least has like a, some kind of bare understanding, which is like, which is huge, you know?
2: Yeah, so that so that was like two years ahead of my timeline. In the end, I was at Netflix for three years, but I was thinking maybe if in about five years at Netflix, you know, the NFT space would be mature enough that I could think about doing something full time in NFTs. So that just caught me by surprise. And so yeah, so at Netflix, I was I was doing a lot of I was sort of like the NFT go to person for a while. So I was in all these meetings. Everyone was saying, "What should we do?" about nfts we, we tried to get some i've been working on the love death and robots project nice. and yeah so that was a lot of fun that was one of my first projects to uh, on the product side to figure out how to how to put anthologies onto a service so i was t- for the season two we were trying to get something going using nfts and i came up with this proposal and we we're talking about it but it was just didn't have enough time and the only only group that was really driving seriously towards doing a, a launch was the marketing teams and they uh they just wanted to be the first so i was talking to lots and lots of marketing teams there's so many for each each show and i didn't get ahead of didn't hear about the nft of the what was it nft of the dead which was their, what they ended up coming out with. Yeah, you, yeah I mean, exactly. I don't remember That's that. The, yeah, that <laughs> yeah no, like, <laughs> the, the confused look on your face. Tells right, you everything right, right. That. It
0: says everything.
2: So, yeah. yeah, so it kind of fell flat because flat, market, the marketing teams are talking to external agencies for all this stuff. So there must have been some external agency, though, saying, hey, we, we can do this NFT thing. And once that happened, all the market didn't, marketing teams were like, we're not first anymore. We don't want right. to do it. There's <laughs> no incentive now. So like, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So that, that kind of went cold, but I, I carried on and I was kind of bolstered by the success of Artblocks and was digging into that. Got some, some folks from my, my distant past got in touch and, and said, hey, we're, you know, we're interested in this blockchain space too. And, and we're starting up a blockchain lab to just explore with some Mozilla funding to explore what they could do. So I started brainstorming with them, came out with a product called CryptoSign which was just you know off the top of my head the frustration that I had really we could have evolved it into if we had if we had focused purely on that you know we could we could have evolved it into um, what should we call it the uh, the site everyone uses to to do their mints to do their allowless pre oh pre mint yeah pre mint yeah so if we had focused on that use oh, case it could have been pre mint oh
1: was it cryptosign with a with a k
2: yeah yeah oh totally yeah i've used that <laughs> cool, cool 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 yeah so we, we so that was just it was because carlini did something with nft boxes at the time where it was this really clunky you have to go to like my ether wallet and and sign something yeah, there right. and copy yeah, your and signature and i was like can't this be done simply totally. so yeah so we had i, I wrote up like four different use cases i was like it could be used as one of them was sort of pre but then i was like it could be used like the the docusign of the you know the crypto age it could be yes, used yes. like this and that but we we sort of didn't really it never really had a product owner when we but, but that's a different story so so <laughs> that that but we got we got that going very early on and then we started talking about like what about this thing called dow's and at first i was i was kind of dismissive and i was like i don't think that's anything and then the more i thought about it i was like well you know maybe maybe there's something interesting here and then this was around the time that mebits launched yeah and everyone you know they they made what like 60 70 million dollars on that launch <laughs> and then everyone was like what do we do with our mebits now and there was silence so you know i started thinking well what about isn't this what a dao could be used for to like give give mebits some purpose and and give people something to do from from mebits so i i kind of thought about it and wrote a series of articles on on uh, first, I think it actually started as a joke to to folks like Jimmy, where I was like, "What about amoeba style?" Ha <laughs> And yeah. then it just sort of just I sat yeah, with it yeah, and I was exactly. like, "Well, maybe you could you could have amoeba style," <laughs> and wrote up some articles as to you know how it would work. And I thought a lot about the the mechanics of uh, probably over-engineered the system, but thought a lot about you know how do you make sure that whales don't come in and, and just sort of dominate the the discourse. So I had like this delegated model where the crowd you can have non-voting members that delegate their power to the to the founders and uh you know i called everyone that started in that initial pool w- was a founder and then just kind of wrote that up and got got some of my friends in on it just as as advisors and launched and yeah and it just i think it hit a moment and you know we got because there were so many people that were already invested in Mebits bits that was already like a who's who of, of the uh you know the the nft totally. world Totally. Um, everyone
0: we, who had a cryptopunk had, had a bit yeah late, so it was yeah. Like, yeah
2: so a bunch of folks they're like what you know whatever it's one eth to join that side i mean in hindsight i could have uh, you know looking at what other DAOs have, <laughs> have asked for <laughs> i'm like well maybe we we're being too conservative with money but um yeah. but yeah we got one eighth we we raised i think in that well in eth terms at that at that at the, in those days it was close to half a million right and, and yeah, and that was just like, you know, didn't expect that to happen. But that was sort of the, the next proof point that there's something there that if you want to start building in, in the Web3 space that, you know, there's, there's real funding there. So, so yeah, so that was just something else I, I, I thought about. And then the more I got involved in the, in the blockchain lab and contributing to it and running Meebit style, it just became like, you know, two jobs where I was, you know, working four hours before, four hours after work and when the opportunity to, to co-found the blockchain lab came along with with other guys i just jumped at it It just seemed like good timing you know i could see lots of stuff happening in the space lots of lots of projects that we could launch and it just yeah it just seemed like the great the right thing to do at the time and it, i mean against against maybe rational thinking because it was you know i had my i knew uh-huh. you know we were we were months away from my daughter being born and you know which in netflix terms means like you have three months of paid paternity leave so i was like health insurance (laughs) yeah health insurance but um but yeah it just made sense and i definitely am glad i did it because um you know i feel like we we caught a good moment to to build some stuff uh we built a lot of great stuff as a lab and then eventually spun off what i'm doing now which is matter which is a an artist incubator and platform. So,
0: before we get there, I'm curious, mm. like, like I sort of fell off from from following Nibit's DAO. So I'm mm. curious, like, what the state of it is, like, what happened, and like, like what the U bits, what the U bits, with the, the Yuga mm. Labs, U punks, Nibits, what the Yuga Labs purchase meant. Did, yeah. I forget. Did you ever talk to Matt and John as part of the Mebits DAO? Like,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Let me let me drill into like what we did because we did some great stuff as a DAO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did talk to Matt and John. We got a lot of you know. So we basically created the whole process for turning the because they just released voxel models, voxel file format models for the Mebits. We we created a whole process with some of the, some folks in the group to. To make them fully rigged models in different formats, VRM and FBX, and you know, we worked. Uh, we had advice from from Jin, who is is doing Webaverse now. He's a genius in, in in that space in terms of open standards.
0: And those models are now there. I was just looking the other day. Like those models are now there to be able to be downloaded. Those right?
2: are is the that... models. Yeah. So they they yeah. they eventually imported all that all the work that we had done yeah. Yeah. back into because we were running them piecemeal until we had the the sort of yeah. partnership where we just had a process for people to submit their Vox models in the discord. And then you get links to, I think a, a Google drive of the, of the converted models. So, so yeah, so we just, once we had them, once we had them working with us, they just gave all the models across and we, we ran the process on all that and then shipped it back to them and they put it on the site. Um, that's, that's, great. Awesome. that's, that's yeah. so
0: cool. Yeah. I, the other day I was looking at, I think I was going into Monaverse as like a thing and, and it was like, oh, do you want to use your avatar? I was like, yes, I want to use my robot Meebit that I mm-hmm. that I got, you know. And uh, and I was like, oh, here's the model that I need. And I was like, oh, thank you, Kai, <laughs> thank you, Kai and MeBit DAO for this yeah, model. and yeah.
2: and we built with them, uh, sort of hand in hand. We built the API, so so we helped, you know, because that was the those were the two pieces. That was sort yeah. of the end of my my uh, time running the DAO because then I went yeah. to paternity leave and we found right danny just in time to to run it for the for the next period but yeah those were the two things like my time there was sort of dull in a sense but it was like we needed to do that plumbing to be able to do anything yes
0: yeah it was like very much like 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 laying the foundation
2: yeah Yeah. but alongside that to try to have something exciting that we could talk about it was working with you and Karen carambonia and we did a lot of fun videos
0: and did no.
2: the uh the fractionalizing of the of the alien was it an alien yeah yeah uh dis- dissected so dissected, yeah i still have and mebis now still has a bunch of dissected shards i don't know if they're <laughs> they're worth anything <laughs> yeah
0: yeah
2: but yeah we, we did all that we did you know one of your videos and songs don't you wish you are a pig was sort of anticipating that there was going to be a run on pig so i I, I suggested <laughs> that we make that song and for some reason didn't didn't just go out and buy loads of pigs after. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's amazing how many times that happens. Like I don't know. Yeah.
1: We like speak with snow uh, Snowfro and he's like, well, squiggles and I'm like, That's a cool idea. And I yeah. don't yeah. like go get a squiggle. Like, what am I doing?
0: <laughs> he sent us squiggles. He gave
2: he us did, each a squiggle when uh, he came really, on. Really nice of him. But if yeah. we
0: had thought about it totally. for like two seconds, we totally. could have yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, I I bought two squiggles. I mean, this is again, another, another L. Yeah. <laughs> squiggles were just sitting there and I was like, Oh, I mean, it's cool, but Snowfro, you. you. Just, you just set the cap way too high. Like who's going to yeah. buy, you know, a hundred thousand of these things. So right, right. Yeah, I ended not yeah. buy two. I was like, Oh, I want to check out squiggle doll. Buy, I'll buy a couple just to get into the squiggle doll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh my God.
2: But it's
1: funny how that happened. It's like when you're in the middle of it, like making the thing, it like, I don't know, it's it's sometimes difficult to to mm. take the step back and yeah. and yeah, acquire equity in what it is you're actually doing.
0: <laughs> so when you went on paternity leave, someone took over then
2: when you Yeah, allowed. so Danny Danny Green we found really just lucky was asking uh Jordan from Doodles if there was anyone that, that he came across because they did like this open I think they did open call for a, a role and then didn't mm-hmm didn't end up filling it, but, but he just had, he was, he was just saying, Oh, I've got all these CVs. I don't know what to do with those. I was like if you can just pick up, you know, if you can send me the top of the list, uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> we, yeah. we need yeah. someone to run yeah. the down Yeah. And, and huge. Just, yeah. And he, he picked up Danny and then we talked to Danny and it was like, perfect. So we just oh, okay. got him going right away and yeah. And he just ran with it and did some amazing stuff and then created the roadmap that, uh, that he's, he's taken over to Yuga and they've hired him as the, as the lead, Mebit's guy over there. So he's, he's, uh, oh, a, he's okay. cool. Well, they that, just released okay. that Mebit's like 1.1 thing where you can get your posters. That's all. Dandy. I saw that. I saw yeah. that. Yeah. So, so that's oh, great. Like I mean, friend, he has, like he has resources poster. there. Yeah. I mean, he has, he has some, so it's all the stuff that we wanted to do with the DAO, but didn't have the, the resources and didn't have the right. dev folks. So now he's able to do that at Yuga. So that's pretty cool. Right. Right.
0: That's great. Oh, that's great. So, so it had a very happy ending then, or had a very yeah. happy progression.
2: And it's still alive. I mean, so there's a, yeah. uh, a guy that I work with now, Teddy uh, DT, and he's he's taken over as general manager of the DAO. And, you know, he, he's got some ideas for, for directions that we could do uh, go in. We just had a vote on partnership with Rove. Uh, and Rove is sort of building out this Mebits land. But yeah, a big part of it is trying to figure out the, the space that the DAO operates in, given Yuga's involvement. I know Danny is very supportive and he's sort of pitching for the DAO to be involved. Like we sort of see the opportunity being the, 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 the partnerships that are too small for Yuga, the DAO could be picking uh, up on and, and doing things with sure, like move sure. and like all these other things where people just want to see their me bits. It's totally sort of help them get their bits up and running. I have a, a, a idea that I'm sort of pitching around. They should build a, a virtual kind of metaverse studio. Where, you know, people could come and if they want to just have ideas that they can explore using MeBits, they could maybe have a, a little, and maybe this is something we could build in Rove where, you know, you could just film something in the metaverse so you could have something that you realize, whether it's one of these virtual writers rooms, maybe they could do, you know, enact the scene and, in, in, you know, using MeBits or... I just think that totally. I'm interested in the virtual studio space in general. I think totally, yeah. but emerging.
1: like VTuber kind of, or like that, yeah. um that puppeteering rigging thing yeah. that somebody had done mm-hmm. to make the news mm-hmm. channel experience right, like right. that's very cool.
2: Yeah, because we tried to do that with Karim, um, but we couldn't get the news. It just didn't. We, we couldn't get something that looked great to do because we we had an idea to do like a daily or like a weekly news segment with mebits. But we couldn't do totally. yeah. that. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: It's my friend Pascal is That's doing right, that. that's right. Yeah, Pascal da Silva. I don't know if you know him, but yeah, he made oh, yeah. this like puppet, you know, you hold up the puppet and it controls the 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 character. Right. Like, oh, it's it's like an it,
1: interesting live he's, he's rigging thing. He's still working thing. on it. Yeah, I think oh, I saw cool. that demo.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's cool. Okay, and so then then you move over Oh, you do a lot of other things. I mean, because I know you do work with like soup with uh, with Geisha and like, you know, advise on all kinds of other things. But your other main thing now is matter. So give us the give us the lay of the land of like uh, of that first drop and then like how things have progressed and like where you're going with
2: it. Yeah. So, so the way I describe what I'm doing now, so it doesn't become too chaotic because if I just start throwing projects at everyone, then then it becomes crazy. But it's basically as executive producer of some projects where I'm advising and I'm uh, more directly involved in investing in, in certain things. So that started out really with the new here film. Right. Which we launched. Well, we launched the, the drop for
0: Matt's featured heavily, and as far as I know, and and new here, right, Matt?
2: With banks, I don't know uh, heavily, uh, but I believe
1: <laughs> I will be in it. I'm really yeah. optimistic for that. Yeah, got yeah. So, with him the other day.
2: So we've been working on that for for well over a year. Awesome. And and that's coming along. So that's that's sort of when I was like testing the waters. Well, I did some I did some productions of of short films uh, that my wife wrote and and produced. But then but yeah this was sort of the biggest production working with Dan and then that spilled over into other projects like an animation project with with the the geishas and and some other stuff so there's, so there's sort of the executive producer role that, that I'm working on in, in one hand but then my my main job I guess you would say is with matter so matter matter was the culmination of everything we were doing at the blockchain labs we did all these different experiments and drops we did savage droids and uh, the Lobby 3 DAO, and of course, Mevis DAO, and uh, I'm already forgetting some some of the experiments that we did, CryptoSign, and then Crypto, you know, SuperGaishas, of course. And and at the end of that, I was trying to think ahead to what would come next and beyond the the PFP craze. And also my experience from ArtBlocks, there were, there were always things I wanted to do that were building on, you know, ArtBlocks being very focused on artists that can can work with a coder or can code themselves and get into that style of generative art. But I was thinking, you know, what about the tools we have and how could they be extended to artists who, who don't work in that way and just, you know, work in, in more, you know, traditional digital, digital ways of working. So, so that's where the idea for working with Garen Mendez, Mendez Gare from, from Crypto Geisha. And we, we did a, a project called Azar, which was their concept of doing like test print style, artwork and that, that was really great and that that launched matter so so we brought that together and said well you know let's let's launch matter as something where we where artists can come and do collaborative drops and we'll have that be the the focus is having you know artists do something that's slightly outside of their style maybe experimental and i just knew from my own experience like the i have the most fun when i'm doing collaborations because it always you know gets you to think of something differently and you and you, you work you know, in a different way. And you get, you get to see how another artist approaches things. And then also for me, from a matter perspective, it's great to be in the room and, and, you know, hearing the, hearing the folks go back and forth and and discuss this idea. So, so yeah, so that's, that's, I was thinking, you know, if we look ahead, I think we're getting back to art once the PFP thing sort of runs its course and we could do something different with art that's more experimental, more about collaboration and giving artists, you know, also, Launching the helping artists launch their career or build their careers in the space, and then we did another drop in with Waxbones and Rombrandt, which is at the start of the year. And we were gonna so interestingly, we our original model was also to have a daily auction. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we 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 have the same concept. As I remember that. Market. Yeah, yeah, I
0: remember that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So everyone was looking at nouns now and saying, "How come we yeah. like we yeah. like that sort of yeah. money? <laughs> we like <we're looking laughs> right. that much beef a day, sure." But the idea there was, we thought we could do that daily and use the funds from that to fund a DAO that would also be responsible for finding artists and investing right. in artists and giving. Yeah, love that. So we we did we did runs of auctions, but found found it was hard to maintain, and also we didn't have the pipeline to to just keep running the the drops. So we didn't, you know, we did a couple of drops and we did like 14 days of auctions leading up to the drops, where there, we got special editions. And then then I was on paternity leave and coming back, and then we were coming into the the downturn. So I was rethinking what we wanted to do, and we were at the same time we were thinking about the future of matter and, and it makes sense to spin it off entirely, to give it give it its own budget and, and just let it be focused on what it wants to do. Cause I think the drive, had we stayed in the blockchain lab, I think we would have been tempted to build more of a technology platform because, you know, the blockchain lab has investors and it's like, Oh, how do you, how do you scale this art thing to 10 X growth? And, and, and I just couldn't, I couldn't square that circle. I was like, yeah, I just don't see how you can do that. But as its own thing, you know, it it can be more of a lifestyle business. It can, it just needs to support itself, which is, you know, you can make those numbers work a little bit more easily. So, so we decided to spin spin it off and then going into the downturn, I was thinking, you know, we're going into NFT winter, and there are all these folks that we've been working with who have said, you know, I'm, I'm a, a full-time NFT artist now. I'm a full-time, yeah. you know, I I, yeah. I don't have to, I can leave my job or I don't have to take, yeah. I'm like, how is that actually going to, going to work long-term? Cause yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm coming into this after a 25 plus year career, but if you're like, I'd imagine people who have done their best in the space. I mean, you have what two, two, three years of, of, Runway is like how, do, how does how do you actually build a career as a digital artist in this space, especially in the downturn? So, we decided to focus over the summer on giving away grants, and we got about 300 artists applying for grants, uh, which we've just we've just uh, I think we've announced. Yeah, I think we've we, we just tweeted about finally announced, and we got great folks to come in and be the the judging expert panel to help us decide on those grants. So it's not just us, but that that sort of also changed my focus on what we should be doing to be more about. The, you know, I started to to grapple with how how do you build a career as an artist in this space long term and what are the feels like compared to the traditional art world, there's so many instruments and and roles and and infrastructure that's missing from the space. and this is why i've I sort of got got in touch with you uh, with with that podcast where you had Mitchell on because, yeah, you were like, who's playing the role of a gallerist? And I was like, yeah. that's what we're doing. That's what,
0: that's, what, that's what Matt was trying to do. Yeah. To fill that hole, to fill, yeah. that, to fill that gap.
2: Yeah, because no one's really, and this sort of came out of, I, I know Artblocks is doing more of this now, but I, I saw what Artblocks was doing, which was very important, is they were thinking more about building the, the space for generative art. So they were building, the, you know, they were putting generative art on the map. But as an artist, I felt like, you know, I'd been doing this stuff just on the side all this time. But then suddenly now I'm being looked at as an artist in Sotheby's. It's like, Oh, I'm an artist. Like, what does that mean? What am I supposed to be doing? And there was just no, no one there to, to support or to help or to tell me anything like that. So that's what we wanted to do with matter. It's like, well, if you're, if you're an artist in the space, like what do you actually need to, to do beyond just putting your art out as one of ones or as drops? Like what support structures do you need, whether it's financial, whether it's networks. So that's, that's what grew into this idea of being a, an artist incubator and we're we're starting an artist in residence program and thinking through primarily how as an artist you also have to run your practice as a business so it's helping you figure out like how do I market myself how do I you know everyone talks about you have to put out content on Instagram and maybe TikTok now and and a lot of artists don't don't want to do that or don't know how to do that so we're trying to help artists figure out how to get you know going on that journey too and how you, how can you fit that into your practice in a way that is not disruptive
0: taxes worry about taxes what do you do what do you do what, is, what do you do when you earn ETH as tax this is a, a new role for right, a
2: gallerist but, yeah i mean yeah. for
0: real like yeah
2: yeah no that's a good point that's that's uh like,
1: i a mean the business model leadership. is different yeah it's like <laughs> yeah yeah which is both the opportunity and also like the uncertainty is
2: the business yeah, model and, is
1: completely different
2: and the macro opportunity is i looked it up and you know there's a 65 billion art industry today. And I think, you know, come 20, 30 years, yeah. everyone who's collecting art will have grown up on TikTok and mm-hmm. will know about NFTs and that's just going to change. That's that's why I think eventually the art industry and NFTs are the same thing, because I think even mm-hmm. we're seeing it now. I mean, wasn't there just like a an Art Basel sort of thing that was announced where they're working with a blockchain company that, that if you look into it, they're doing tokenization for, I think, real world art. So I think if you're either you're going to be buying digital art or you're going to be buying art via the token, because that'll just be, you know, we saw it with um, the Damien Hirst, you know, uh, where where people have, you know, people degened into Damien Hirst and have. So, oh, yeah. You, I you have to I have
0: to hold this up every time. <laughs> yeah, I was just at uh, for those on the podcast. It's like I feel like I'm going to hold this up every episode now because I'm just so happy about it. An artist. uh when I was just in Barcelona at HNFT mm-hmm. Fest, she she got her physical, she got her physical Damien Hurst and then in front of everybody, ripped it up. Oh wow. Into okay. <laughs> into all these different pieces, and then I traded her one of the pieces for a song.
2: That's neat. Yeah, that's so, awesome. So I, ha- I, like that. I have
0: some really nice uh, physical. Sixty nine <laughs> milligrams. I chose. That's you, awesome. She, she, she gave me... anyway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah really exactly. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. The the it's it's all. It's all that, blended uh, together. It's all, but and mm-hmm. that that tokenization of physical things, I feel like has been a, has been something that we've been Jason Rosenstein, who was like a guy back in the day, his company Portion, which now I think pivoted to purely NFTs, originally was going to be that was going to be the tokenization,
2: right, right.
0: And I actually remember he had this really wild because when you do that, you have the problem of. Provenance. You still have the problem mm-hmm, of, mm-hmm. like, how do you know what's being tokenized is the genuine artifact? Yeah. And he had this whole thing where, like, he was going to work with, like, these art people all around the world, and they would go and verify it, and there'd be, you know. So it's like, anyway, I, just rem- I remember that being, like, and me, and me thinking through that problem being like, yeah, it's, it's actually really difficult to fully prove do the provenance yeah, thing between NFTs really and, the, and the and the real world. Yeah.
2: yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And I know, um, I mean, speaking of Vinay from the start, like Vinay went on to found the company called Materium. That's right. Uh, Materium. Right. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: So that's really cool. Okay. So I, I didn't realize this, that matter now it sounds like is, is moving more much more into a role as a kind of, I most, I mean, the word incubator is really what comes to mind. It's like, is yeah. like you, you bring in artists mm-hmm. who have a lot of potential and, and, and give the, an attempt to give them all the tools that they might need to succeed mm-hmm. long-term as, as an artist, as a digital artist in this new world that we're exploring.
2: basically Yeah. And we, and we went back and forth, uh, you know, I've also built up a, a, a great team of, uh, Artist outreach coordinators and and community managers. We've got Bardo, who's an outreach coordinator, Yenkori, who's also an artist, and and she's our community manager. Soleil, who's a great community manager, marketing manager, and we just partnered with Props, as the development company. So it's like we we have a a pretty solid team now that that can help. You know, so once we've helped artists on their journey, we still want to put out drops. So that's that's you know sort right. of culminates in there. That's that's so we we debated whether or not we should talk about things as incubators and use this kind of yeah. the concepts that I'm bringing over from like the VC world. But I wanted to lean into that because I think, you know, that, that's sort of the focus. And if it means that we're not, that some that we're less appealing to artists who don't want to think about their, their, their practice as a business, like that's, that's distasteful to them, then then we probably shouldn't be working together. Like we want to, we want to sort of focus on artists that really do see that as like they want to build Build their practice and take advantage of things like, you know, how do you market them? So, how do you market yourself? And so, so talking about an incubator and talking about so like our drops are sort of your go-to market. And ideally, where we want to get to is we want to have a big-name artist collaborating with a smaller, up-and-coming artist, oh, so that we can really yeah. get the, you know, the the recognition of the of the one artist and pair that up with a an up-and-coming artist and put them together. So we're, we're working on that. But yeah, the next drop, that kind of our our relaunch drop is this Ramp Twenty Twenty where we've, we've got a great lead artist, uh, Indy 184 who's a, a graffiti artist. She, she has more of a following on Instagram, but she's she's done some great work. And that's sort of going back to my, my youth in New York. And, you know, she's like a classic sort of New York graffiti artist. And then instead of pairing her with one collaborative artist, we, we wanted to do something big. So we went out to as many artists as we could and with the goal to get as many artists from as many different locations. So we have, at last count, I know I think we're over 120 artists from over 30 countries that we got to submit pieces of art. So this is also, I was talking to you, Jonathan, I was like, I wonder yeah. if that's a record. Like, can we talk yeah, to, yeah. Can we talked to Guinness? Cause it feels like <laughs> it could be a record, <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, you know, if, if not a record in general, that, that I think that's something that we'll try to do annually and maybe see if we can break our own record year on year to year. So yes, hopefully that, I guess by the time this comes out, uh, our artists applications will be closed. We're closing on the seventh, but, um, but yeah, people can keep an eye out for the drop itself that will be mid November.
0: And and you'll have cohorts. So this is like the first cohort and then obviously you'll learn a bunch about how this went and then you'll you'll regroup and do another cohort. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. so we the drops are going to be we're going to get to a monthly cadence. So okay. we'll have at least one drop a month. And then yeah. in 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 a you know, so what's going on in parallel, we have our grant award winners and we're working with some of the folks from the group to pair them up and to come up with their concepts. So that, that we're just going to try to get as many going in parallel and and see who, who matches up, who wants to match up with whom, and then we'll, we'll help them along with their projects and we'll start to schedule them in as they, as they, as we can. So as, as people, people's projects, we need to have lots of people running in parallel so that we can get to this monthly cadence, but yeah, we'll see, we've got something tentatively lined up for, for December, but, but yeah we'll, we'll we won't announce those artists yet until we're we're sure that we can hit that.
0: <laughs> if people so people will be too late if they're listening to this they'll be probably too late by the time this is out to well the deaf will be too late to 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 apply. But where can people learn more in general? Like what's give us the give us so the, 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 the they show. can
2: definitely artists can definitely you know be a part of the artists and residence program. So they can they can find details for that just at matter well www.matter with an X M X T T E R dot art and they can they can look for us there and join our Discord and get involved. So the artist in residence program is gonna be that's evolving and we're defining it. We're gonna to try to have our first cohort for that in December. And that'll be, you know, maybe a, a smaller trial run just to get things going and then probably more more seriously running those in the new year. But yeah, we're always looking to connect with artists and, you know, if artists have ideas for collaborative drops or or ideas in general, you know, we're doing the drops that we're doing are probably a little bit more conventional now. But yeah, yeah, Jonathan, you and I were doing we're doing like generative video before anyone was doing generative videos. So, yes, I I was going to say,
0: you know, Kai's number one contribution to the space beyond everything else has to be his putting together of the, the trolls songs because I was the one that took the song and the video and the, and the, and the record that spins. I, that, that drop was, was like, had a lot of cool stuff going for it. And definitely like, because it was a trolls, like nobody cared, (laughs) but like, but it had a lot of like really cool things going for it hundred
2: percent yeah i mean to this day I'm, I'm still like if i see anyone saying we were the first video we're the first video and yeah. i'm like no you're yeah. not
0: no you're not. <laughs> no you're not
2: no you're not don't
0: even don't even try to step yeah it's true well great kai always a pleasure and Same. what a what an illustrious wide-ranging touches like every single corner of this yeah. space matt do you have any other questions before we wrap up
1: no, I'm excited to check out my Mebit poster. I didn't realize that was a thing. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> okay, so people should go to Matter with an X M X T T E R. People can follow Kai. What's your what's your Twitter handle? Uh, it's Kai K A I G A N I. You can follow Matt at one of the many Mats. You can follow me at Sangade Man. We still don't have an outro because we're recording this the day after right. a different podcast. We just we need we need a new outro. We don't have one. We're not ready.
1: It's okay. We're Matt, doing it live.
0: Yeah. Do it live. <laughs> Matt's Matt, Matt's abandoned the puns.
1: I've abandoned the puns. <laughs> well the, the, the uh the like contra- not controversial, the um antagonistic pun.
0: Antagonistic puns, yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Well anyway, Kai, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for, for coming Thank on you. and talking Thank to you. us. Thank you. Thank you.